This podcast is completely free of charge. However, if you are enjoying it, we would ask you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to buy us a coffee, the details are in the show notes. Croeso i yma maedreigiau. Welcome to Here Be Dragons. Gyda cyfarwydd Cymru, with the storyteller of Wales, Professor Llysau. My story have you and a cisneg. Today's story is in English. All of these stories are 100% true, for a given value of true. Ivor Bach All around the world you will hear of many, many folk heroes. Wherever people are oppressed, there the folk heroes are. Let's think of Robin Hood or William Tell, Paul Revere or John Bunyan, even King Arthur and Owain Glyndwr. In Wales, we've had one or two over the years. There's Glyndwr, of course, King Arthur. But one that is most unusual was Ivor Bach. Ivor Ap Meirig, to give him his proper name, was a lord down in South Wales in about, ooh, 1158. So Wales was still a country of its own at this time, and the Normans had only been lords in England for about a hundred years. Now this is where it gets a bit odd. You see, Ivor wasn't a big man. In fact, by all accounts, he was quite small, which is why he was known as Ivor Bach. It means Ivor the Small, but it's not an insult, especially when Ivor himself knew that it is not in centimetres and metres that you measure a man, or feet and inches in those days, but rather by the quality of him. And Ivor Bach had a very great quality in his mind. He was cunning. Oh, so cunning. You heard that people are described as cunning as a fox? Well, in those days, you could say a fox was as cunning as Ivor Bach. And this is how cunning he was. Now, at this time, Certain of the flatter, easily accessible parts of South Wales had come under Norman rule. Indeed, there were a great many rivalries across the uh, close borders down there, and none so great as that of Ivor Ap Meirig with his arch-nemesis, the Earl William Fitzrobert. It was he who held the southern part of what is now Glamorgan. And he had a castle built in what is now Cardiff. 
Geralt Gymro, otherwise known as Gerald of Wales or Geraldus Cambrensis, wrote about his travels in Wales and he tells us that William had a great opinion of himself. He thought he was the bee's knees. And Ivor Bach didn't like that at all, especially when William decided to start bossing him around and demanding tribute, that is, payment from him. Well, how would you feel if someone came into your house, took over your living room, and then started to demand rent from you for your bedroom? Not too happy, I'll bet. And not too happy does not even begin to cover how Ivor Apmeric felt. Especially once William started to just take land and goods from him when he didn't get his money. As I said earlier, William had one of those new-fangled Norman castles down in Cardiff. And it was quite a piece, this one. Oh, it had an inner castle and an outer bailey. The outer bailey had such high walls you could hardly believe it. They hadn't been seen in that part of Wales before. These walls were patrolled by sentries, which ran like clockwork. They were like tin soldiers marching up and down, hardly a gap between them. And if you did get over the walls, well, then you had to get into the main castle on the inside, which was well and truly locked. But, as I say, Ivor was cunning. And he did something that not many people would have thought about doing in that time. He went amongst his men and found one who had a very smart young lad. He took the lad and he taught him to speak English and Norman. That's old French to you and me. And because he had this young fella bright as a button who could speak those languages without a trace of a Welsh accent, mind you, he sent him into the castle as a spy. Who would have thought of such a thing back in those days? Well, Ivor Bach did. And he knew that Gwilym Voyle, for that was the young lad's name, would be inside, ready to let in his men into the main castle. But he still had to get over those walls. And so he went to see another of his men, a cunning man who could make just about anything with his hands and he had him make a set of ladders that could be hidden away. With hooks at one end and rungs at the other. And late one night, he and his men set out. Ivor knew a full assault with an army of men wouldn't get anywhere against these walls. And so, late one night, he snuck down there with a handful, six of his best warriors. They dared not wear armour, for that would chink and might shine in the moonlight and give away their location. Instead, 
They wore simple cloth jerkins. It was cold, cold against the wind, but they had a job to do and they got on with it. Watchful as owls, silent as mice. Without benefit of watches or lights, they timed it perfectly so that one little gap between the sentries was when their hooked ladders went up and onto the wall. Watchful as owls, silent as mice, they scurried up those ladders and over the top, down the other side, just as quickly and quietly. Across the bailey and to the back door. Gwilym Voyle had had a job as a kitchen boy, and so, while everyone else in the house was asleep, he was waiting by that door to unlock it and let in the Welshman. Watchful as owls, silent as mice, they crept through the castle, up the stairs, and into the bedroom of William Fitzrobert and his wife and their little boy. And once more, as watchful as owls and as silent as mice, they stole them away, bound and gagged, across the courtyard, up and over the walls, and back to Ivor's own castle in the hills of Sanghenith. What a celebration there was that night, and the following one, and the one after that. In fact, they celebrated all the time until, eventually, everything that had been stolen from Ivor was returned to him and his people. For the time being, at any rate. It said he returned the Earl William back to Cardiff with his wife and his little boy unharmed. In fact, According to some people, Ivar got home very well with that little boy and gave him the run of the castle whilst he was there. So, if ever you're in a position of power and get a very high opinion of yourself on account of it, you decide to take something that doesn't belong to you. Just make sure that the person you're taking it from is not a crafty little Welshman called Ivor Bach. Because you may wake up one night in a dungeon far from home. Mi fydd ein stori nesaf yn y Gymraeg. Our next story will be in Welsh.
am fwy o wybodaeth ac ebook hynny, ewch at cyfarwydd.cymru. For more information and to book us, go to cyfarwydd.cymru. Thank you.